I'm Mike Breen, Public Awareness Officer for the American Mathematical Society, and I'm talking with James A. Sethian, who's a professor of mathematics at the University of California, Berkeley, as well as being the head of the mathematics department at Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. And James has done some work, a research on bubbles. And so, James, can you tell us about what you've done modeling clusters of bubbles? Yes, this is joint work with Robert Say, who's at the University of California at Berkeley and also at the Lawrence Berkeley Laboratory, a mathematician. And what we have done is built a mathematical model and associated numerical algorithms for tracking the motion of industrial foam. And so industrial foam is an interesting object and one of the most standard examples you may think of are soap bubbles. And they're characterized as follows. There's a large range of scales, both in time and in space. In the time scale, the bubbles, if you sort of just think of a cluster of them looking in front of you, they take a long time to drain. Now, in that draining, there's fluid in the lamella, which is the thin membrane separating the pockets of gas, and that fluid drains over many dozens of seconds. As soon as one of the lamella becomes thin enough, it ruptures, at which point that lamella retracts very quickly. Some of the fluid in it flies off into the air, and some of the fluid goes into the plateau borders, which are the junctions connecting the fluids together. Once that happens, now the bubble cluster, or the foam cluster, is no longer in a macroscopic balance. If you think of this as three bubbles glued together, all at 120 degrees from each other, you pop one of them, and the other two are somehow now out of whack, and they readjust themselves. That macroscopic rearrangement is a combination of the fluid mechanics involved of the gases in the pockets moving the membranes around, the fluid in the membranes readjusting, and the whole combined effect tries to find a new, relaxed, minimal energy state as the process then repeats itself with more drainage, etc. So these are taking places over a very large time scale difference and also a very large space scale difference. The lamellas are very, very thin and clusters of bubbles, as you will see, are quite large to get together. What we've built is a mathematical model and a series of numerical algorithms to try to track what's going on here. The way they work is by doing a multi-scale decomposition and separating the complete fluid mechanics of this problem into those three separate stages. A macroscopic re-equilibrium where we solve the Navier-Stokes equation for the motion of the gas in the pockets as well as the fluids in the membrane. Once that settled itself down, we go to phase two, where we solve a version of the thin film equations describing fluid drainage from the lamella into the various plateau junctions. And then that's finally followed by a rupture phase in which the lamella pops in one region and goes on to a new area. We go through that sequence over and over again, and that is being shown in that bubble cluster evolution movie that's associated with this. And that movie takes a couple of days to do the calculation and significantly longer to do the rendering of all the thin film interference, which can be solved by solving the equations of reflection. So you mentioned it took days to put it all together, but in, a, in terms of bubble time, it's, it's very short, right? Yes, and I think that's one of the characteristics of complicated multiscale problems. It can take a long time to follow the very intricate physics that goes on on some of the finest scales, and trying to find a way of combining those appropriately is always the challenge. 
the reason to build a multi-scale model is so that you don't spend all your computational energy following the finest scales when they sometimes contribute in a more macroscopic way to the bigger scales. That's James Sethian, the University of California, Berkeley, as well as the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory. And in part two, he'll explain more about the research that he's done. And this is actually a four-part podcast. We'll talk in parts three and four with Frank Morgan about the double bubble conjecture.